an Olympic museum for the United States. Hello, everyone. I'm Around the Rings editor Ed Hula. Thanks for being with us today on this edition of ATR Radio. Groundbreaking has been held in Colorado Springs for the U.S. Olympic Museum. A 60,000-square-foot building will be the first of its kind for the United States. Ultra-modern in design, the museum will bring alive the experience of Olympians and what it's like to participate in the Olympic Games, at the same time providing a place to display treasured items from the past in U.S. Olympic history. We're about to hear more about the museum from the chairman of the board, Richard Celeste, he has a rich experience in government service, a former governor of the state of Ohio, director of the Peace Corps under President Jimmy Carter, and also a stint as U.S. ambassador to India. And for nine years, from 2002 to 2011, he was president of Colorado College, a private college in Colorado Springs, home to the U.S. Olympic Museum and, of course, the U.S. Olympic Committee. Governor Celeste, welcome to Around the Rings Radio. Thanks for being with us today. It is great to be with you, Adam. I'm just looking forward to our conversation. Well, first of all, you are in Colorado Springs, and could I venture to say that's probably how you got involved with this particular project for the U.S. Olympic Museum? It is, you know, but part of the part of the story is when I was governor of Ohio. I was uh, involved in the effort to bring the Rock and Roll Museum and Hall of Fame to Cleveland. And I worked on that for probably five years and watched it come to life. And, and I've seen what it has meant to Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, and the state of Ohio, and to rock music and to people who are enthusiastic about rock music. So when I got to Colorado Springs, Colorado College, and looked around the community, I realized here's the home of the U.S. Olympic Committee and and, and the, the flagship training center for, for Olympians. And where was the museum to honor Olympic, and by the way, Paralympic athletes? Mm-hmm. Where was a Hall of Fame that would uh, salute their achievements? And I learned that there was no comprehensive Olympic Museum or Hall of Fame in the nation. And so I said to myself, okay, that's that, you know. And when I retired from the presidency of Colorado College, I went to see the then mayor of Colorado Springs, Steve Bach, and talked to him about this and said, you, you should take the initiative. And he said, well, since you know so much about it, why don't you take charge? And <laughs> you, be careful what you ask for, you might exactly, get Exactly, exactly. I was... I was uh, I, I didn't realize I was a volunteer when I shared the idea with him, but I I we've been working on it now for almost five years uh, since we started on a feasibility study. So you come up with this idea, but what what kind of shape do you give to it? What kind of uh, what kind of museum about the Olympics is this going to be? Well, that's a good question, and we we we, we brought in people who'd worked on a variety of museums, not only the Rock Hall, but the Spy Museum in Washington, uh, the, the, the variety of museums around the country, and said, take a look at what's feasible. And they came up with sort of the size and scope of the museum. And the idea was a museum that would be far more, let's say, action-oriented than many we think of museums, which tend to be static places. Uh, that would convey to visitors 
uh, the journey that Olympic and Paralympic athletes take from the moment they, you know, how did they get inspired? Who coached them? How did parents support them? What kind of training regime did they do? How has science and technology impacted the uh, preparation of our Olympians and Paralympians? And and then what, it's, what is it like to go to the Winter Games and the Summer Games? It will feature every sport uh, that has been that, that the U.S. has competed in in the modern Olympics ever since the 1890s. And uh, so that was that really emerged from the feasibility study, and and then we enlisted a really a, a world class. Uh, design group because our, our feeling was if we're going to do them do right by the Olympics I mean that's that is the world class athletic competition um, and we needed to have a world class team to design and build the building so uh, we have design architects Diller Scafidio Renfro from New York who who have done virtually all of the redesign of Lincoln Center. They did the High Line in New York, the Broad Museum in L.A. We have, uh, as our exhibit designers, a team that worked on the Mob Museum in, in uh, Washington, the World War II Museum in, in New Orleans, have done a lot of work nationally and internationally. And then uh, some outstanding architects and contractors from Colorado who will be involved in the, are involved in the project. And so... That's kind of how it's emerged. When, I might add, it is also the Hall of Fame for the, for our Olympians and Paralympians. And we've not had, in my view, a, a, a Hall of Fame that really was as worthy as the athletes and the others who are in it. Right. Now, the I think they have something like that maybe at the Olympic Training Center. And it's just not the sort of singular recognition that... Uh, these Olympians deserve. Well, I think that's right, and 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 in fact, I'm, I think that the folks at the training center and the and the people at the U.S. Olympic Committee would be the first to agree that it's kind. It's been an afterthought, um, and uh, so we want to we want to make it front and center. We want to make it a part of the experience that that the athletes and everyone involved can be very proud of and. We'll want to bring family to see and recommend to friends, and and it will attract their their competitors from around the world who want to come and see how they're honored. It, it, it and this this twelve other countries already have established Olympic museums that honor their athletes. We're we're number thirteen, and given the fact that we've really been a leader in in the modern Olympic movement. Uh, it's surprising to me that this hasn't happened sooner, but I'm I'm excited that we're going to make it happen now. Yeah, we're talking to Richard Celeste, the chairman of the board of directors of the U.S. Olympic Museum that's going to be under construction in Colorado Springs. Uh, groundbreaking is happening. What is the significance? Does it mean that construction is going to start and the thing is going to start rising? Well, it, it, the, the little secret, Ed, is it's, we've already been working on the site. The site was a gift. Uh, it's, it, was, it needed some demolition, and we've got the utilities all being put in underground, and we are building uh, an essential retaining wall for the construction effort to go forward. So we've got equipment on the site and the rest. Our groundbreaking 
um, is really a chance to bring together all the people who've been part of getting the museum to this point, the, the donors, the public officials, um, the range of supporters, the athletes themselves. Um, it's uh, as we used to say in India, it will be. It, it is a big tamasha. <laughs> it, it, Seventy-five million dollars is that the the budget for the for the project? Seventy-five million dollars was what we needed to raise to to really feel comfortable going ahead. That that covers the cost of construction and the exhibits, and there's a there's a contingency in that, and there is also. Uh, some money for our pre-opening expense. We will continue to fundraise through the couple of years of construction because we want, we understand that if we're going to have engaging exhibits, the technology uh, around uh, interactive exhibits is moving at warp speed. And so we're going to have to keep investing to keep up with that so that when visitors come, what they're going to have at this uh, museum will be an experience that they really can't have anywhere else. I mean, it will it will it will be as close to walking in the or I should say running in the shoes or swimming in the swimming trunks or um, if you pick the the image of yeah. an Olympic or Paralympic athlete that uh, we can we can bring people to enjoy. And what's the business model of the museum once it's established and? The doors are open. Well, the museum is going to have a, uh, an admission fee, and we believe that the admission fee plus special events um, and a small retail store that will sell, you know, paraphernalia will cover the operating expense of the museum uh, over time. We have a 30-year agreement with the U.S. Olympic Committee, um, which is renewable, um, so that we we have a frame of reference to work in. Uh, we also have an agreement with the International Olympic Committee, and we are already a member of the International Olympic Museum Network, and we hope to host that network here in Colorado Springs in, in 2018 or 2019. So it's it will be it won't be that different, I think, from many of the museums that you know that work on a combination of of um, admission plus special events and other fundraising activity to keep keep everything alive and and well. And this is not a part of the United States Olympic Committee operations. This is a separate entity. But you do need that to... is exa that is exactly right. As you know, and as many of your listeners will know, Ed, the United States is unusual, and the the government does not support our Olympic athletes. All of their all of the money that supports their training and their competition at the games is raised by the U.S. Olympic Committee, either from sponsorships or donors. And that's a, a huge undertaking. And so the museum really would be a diversion from that task. So we've been operating independent, but in, in close cooperation with the USOC. Some of our exhibits, for example, some of our uh, archival material will come from the archives of the USOC. They really don't have a large space in which uh, visitors could view that archival material. So we've been working very closely with, uh, with their team to um, ensure that what we have is the very best that is available. 
Have you started acquiring a collection? Well, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a wonderful question. Since the word got out that the museum is going to be built, we've had people call us with all sorts of offers, but we have not we have not uh, been in a position where we can um, say we'll accept uh, we'll accept donations of material or uh, archival material or some wonderful kind of uh, potential ex- exhibition material unless we've got our exhibit design complete. And when we have that done, we'll know what we need to fit in. And then I think we're going to get many offers of really wonderful um, memorabilia from Olympic and Paralympic competitions. And and the next challenge, I think, for hopefully not for me, but for whoever succeeds me, will be how do we create a proper – uh, storage place for the, the the rich material that is out there and that people really want to share. Family material, things that families have, things that athletes have. Um, we've got we've got we've to. got stuff to donate too. <laughs> so. Excellent, and and you know we're going to have we're going to have a, a as as our visitors go through the exhibit. They, one of the things to imagine, if if we can help everybody imagine this building, when you come in, you're going to enter after the lobby and the ticketing. You're going to get onto a very large elevator that will take probably 20 people at a time up to the third story of the building, where you will have a fabulous view of Pike's Peak of America's Mountain. But the and that's where the journey begins. We talk about the values of the Olympics and the Paralympics and. We we may I think one of the things we hope to have is an exhibit of every torch a torch from every Olympic competition since the eighteen ninety late eighteen nineties when the modern Olympics began and, and then we move through this experience as you co- go down through the building and it's a building that's intended to be extraordinarily accessible because since we feature Paralympics along with Olympics we think we'll attract a lot of families who come with someone with a physical challenge to 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 admire and to maybe even be inspired uh to think of themselves as competitors but uh, the the this journey which will go through the athletes experience and the games themselves will also have a an exhibit that is uh, called the magic of the media and visitors will be able to sit at a desk and we'll have a teleprompter, and they can call up, uh, let's say the 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 Miracle on Ice, and they can broadcast the Miracle on Ice from right there, or pick your favorite, uh, you know, your favorite moment, Olympic moment, and uh, their families can, you know, shoot some video and put it post on their Facebook page. Recreated in their own way, in their own style. Exactly, but we want to feature. The ways in which the media cover uh, Olympians and Olympic competition. So we would love to have, you know, the, you know, how how we've gone from radio to television, from television to this rich range of media that includes podcasts like like this very one. Mm-hmm. Who will curate the collection? Who will decide and 
figure out what the what the museum exhibits will look like once it's open. Well, we're we're we have a um, at the at this point we have a team that's working on content development and includes athletes, it includes folks from the USOC, it includes um, uh, people who have worked with the USOC over the last 20 or 30 years. All of them are working on content to try to get it to the very best that we can make it when the museum opens. But then content will develop over time. Every two years, we're going to have to refresh it, for example. And so one of the key hires we're going to make will be I am sure somebody who's in charge of the ongoing curation of the museum. It's not just the archives themselves, but it's the new stories we want to tell and the new, you know, how do, how do we keep people wanting to come back and looking for more? Today, the groundbreaking, we're recording this uh, a couple of days before that, of actu- that event on, on, on Friday, but Following the groundbreaking, when do you have a ribbon cutting for a complete building? <laughs> well, I think I my you know I I'm an impatient person, Ed, and so I I would like to see it you know in in eighteen or twenty months. But if we're going to do this right, my guess is it's it's going to take at least two years. I think the building itself will be pretty much complete in about twenty months, but then. To get the exhibits mounted in, you know, test them so that you don't want to open the first week and something isn't working, right? So we'll have to run some tests and all of that. I, I might, I think it's going to be a two-year, a two-year uh, effort. And sometime the beginning of the summer, early in the summer of 2019, we will be uh, going full bore. Now we may try to do some things even with a building under construction, for example, during uh, the 2018 uh, Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rule out the fact that you know, we, could, we could set something up in the plaza, let's say, or I don't know how the construction is going to roll out. But we're going to start as fast as we can. We want to get out of the blocks as quickly as we can. If we can get an explosive start like uh, Edwin Moses used to have, you know, there that, you go. that'd help. But uh, it's something that uh, you definitely want to see come to the United States, so you are eager to have it done as soon as you can. Absolutely. And we're looking for, you know, this, this, is, an, this is an attraction for folks from all across this country because tens of millions of Americans uh, are glued to one screen or another, to one voice or another during the Olympic Games. And this is a chance to bring those games to people, you know, 360 days a year or something like that. And and, uh, so the sooner we can do it, I think it'll be a great thing for us. And hopefully it'll be a way to build support for the USOC as well. Thank you very much for talking to us today. Richard Celeste, the chairman of the U.S. Olympic Museum in Colorado Springs. Thank you, Ed. And this is Around the Rings editor, Ed Hula. Thanks for joining us on this edition of ATR Radio. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.